morning, Woodside. How are you? It's good to see you all. If you're new to our church, my name is Jim. I'm the campus pastor here at Woodside and Lake Orion. And it's great to have you with us today. As Alex already said, thanks for being with us just to worship with us. And if you're new, we're so glad you're here with us to just spend an hour out of your weekend to connect with God, hear from God, be challenged by God, and worship with the body of Christ. If you're new, over the last couple of weeks, we've been uh, going into our vision spotlight, our Christmas vision spotlight, as we do every year around this time, as we kind of look forward into the future as to where God is taking us and what he's called us to. And then we ask the church to follow in that vision that God has given us by financially supporting those endeavors going forward. And again, if you're new, uh, as I said the last couple of weeks, we're just glad you're here. Please don't feel obligated for anything. No one here feel obligated by anything, but we just want to put the vision before you and call the church to respond in um, being able to come behind that vision. Last week, we talked about the first bucket we're kind of pouring into in leadership development and our, in our leadership institute in developing the next generation of leaders. We feel called to that, uh, man, we want to see the, the church move forward in the future, but that takes leaders to do so. We want to help and equip them going forward. And then today is the second bucket in our dream centers. You know that we have one dream center in Pontiac that's been there since 2014. And we say centers because it's always been the vision of Woodside to replicate what we're doing in Pontiac in other communities for the kingdom of God. And man, it's been amazing to watch and see what God has been doing over the last number of years in the city of Pontiac. And you just saw it on the screen, in impacting individuals' lives for the kingdom. And we fear strongly that this is something that God has called us into to change individuals' lives that otherwise might not be changed by the power of the gospel and just economic help in the process. And so, man, we're, we're, we're hoping to expand the vision. We see that as just a model as to where God is leading us with the dream centers of Michigan. And so our ask is that uh, maybe you would feel called to get behind that vision and, and make a, a gift above and beyond your normal offering and giving uh, to be able to see that vision move forward in the future. If that's you and you feel called to that on the inside of your bulletin, there's a QR code there. You can scan, read about that, and give directly to that as well as you can just go to our website and check it out there. We would love for you to engage in this season in what God is calling us to. But before we even get to empowering people in Pontiac, and, and next week we'll hear about uh, doing things in, in, um, in um, other places in the, around the world and, and impacting people for the kingdom of God, we also are calling our congregation here, as we mentioned the last couple of weeks, to first and foremost for us at our campus to make up our budget deficit. And again, I, I talk about this all the time in the sense of a few times a year we have family conversations and it's for you new, this isn't for you. But if you're a part of our church community or your family here, this is for us because we're a family. We firmly believe that God has called us to what we're doing and that takes finances to do so. And so I, I shared with you the first week we were a little behind budget. Right now we're roughly about $80,000 behind budget and we're calling the church that if we would get behind the vision that God has called us to right here in Lake Orion, uh, this is what helps us keep the lights on and uh, do day-to-day -day operational ministry. And so, and we're calling the church to um, help us make up that deficit. I firmly believe that between now and the end of the year, we will be right on course. And I know that God's got everything um, taken care of. I firmly believe that and know that. And so, again, just calling and asking the church that if you have the means to give at the end of the year, I want to ask and pray that God would lead you into that, that we might be able to move forward the kingdom of God here in Lake Orion and in Pontiac and developing leaders and in other places around the world for the kingdom of God. Amen? 
Let me pray, and um, we're going to dive into God's Word together in Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter 1, if you want to go there. But we're going to first go before God, thank Him for all the many blessings that He's already blessed us with, and every financial uh, blessing we have is from Him, and everything we have, really, at the end of the day, comes from His hand, that we might... um, walk in freedom in light of who Jesus is. So let's pray together. Go before the Lord. God, thank you for today. Today alone, the fact that I woke up as I often realize and my feet hit the ground, I have breath in my lungs, my my family is with me. I am blessed beyond measure because of who you are, God. Your common grace in my life is evident today. God, we're here today to honor and glorify you in all that we do in our singing, in our reading of your word, in our calling to the church to be uh, financially uh, stewards of what you have given them for the kingdom of God. All of it, God, is not for any effort or um, something outside of the kingdom of God. It's all that we feel that you have called us, God, into places, first and foremost, into Lake Orion and Oxford and this surrounding area for the kingdom of God. And so, God, we lay down all of our needs before your feet knowing that you are our good shepherd leading us along the way, and you provide every need that we have. God, I pray over every person in this room, those that maybe are joining us online that have financial need in this moment. God, would you meet their need? And if they are in, in need, may they come to the church and us and help us um, and, and allow us to help them in their, in their need themselves, God. And God, we ask that you would use today's word to... Help us understand that you are still speaking to us today. And Jesus, your coming some thousands of years ago was because you wanted to ultimately speak and reveal to us. So we ask that you do that today by the power of the Spirit. Speak to us, Lord. Use your word and the Spirit of Christ to change our hearts and Move us on in the kingdom of God. It's in Jesus' great name we pray. Amen. Hebrews chapter 1 today is where we will be. It's fascinating to me nowadays when I've traveled around the world for missions trips and other things, I could be in the most random place around the world. This last March I was in Nepal and just the most random place in the middle of nowhere, and yet it blows me away that I can still use this device today as it is now for just a measly $10 a day. You can be somewhere where I get better service in the middle of nowhere in Nepal than I do in my own living room. It's fascinating. But I remember a time when it wasn't like that. I specifically remember a time when I was in Uganda on a missions trip And at that time, it wasn't as great with communication in your cell phones. And so when you left your family for 10 days, you really didn't have a lot of contact with them unless it was really an emergency or a quick phone call here or there. And I remember the whole time I'm having these unbelievable spiritual moments, and I wanted to share them with my wife, Sarah, and our family. Our kids were pretty young at the time. But I was unable to at the time unless we found some hotel with Wi-Fi or whatever, but it was pretty sporadic. And I had maybe the most formative spiritual moment I've ever had on a mission field in a, in a village 
in a refugee village of 100,000 refugees in the middle of the desert in Uganda. And after that moment, I remember I didn't care what it cost or how much my bill was going to be. I needed to be on the phone and have a conversation with Sarah. And I just bit the bullet. I don't care how much it's going to cost. I have to communicate with Sarah. And even in that, I couldn't FaceTime her. It was just kind of this broken uh, um, phone call that I had with her to try and communicate what I was experiencing or really what, what, I was, what was happening in Uganda by the power of the gospel, but it was, it was kind of ambiguous and, 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 and just in part really what the word or the vision that I wanted her to see or experience or for that matter anyone back home. And I tell you that story because uh, today as we look at John, or excuse me, Hebrews chapter 1, we see very similar what we see, what I just explained to you in my experience in Uganda, in the word of God being revealed to us, ultimately in Christ, where there was times before where it was kind of in part. You see, God says in his word that he spoke to us even in what he has made in his creation, right? God's cosmic eloquence, if you will, that God's spoken to us as, as Psalms 19, David pens. He says, the heavens, what? Declare, if you've been around church for all, you know, the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, he says. And night to night reveals knowledge. Now, there's a, there's, a, there's a certain experience I can have in the communication of God just by looking out at the world, looking up at the galaxies and learning more about the creation of the world, that there's this cosmic eloquence that God has spoken to us in part, right? Well, it's not just that. God speaks to us not just through what we see and what, what, what he's made, but he also speaks to us um, through words, through people, right? I mean, you read the whole Old Testament, you'll find these fascinating moments where God is in his literal audible voice speaking to people, or he's speaking to people through a vision, and God is still doing that today. In places of the world where you think there's no gospel presence, there are countless Muslims that are coming to know Christ every single day because they're having a real dream and vision of Jesus, and the next morning, they fully give their lives to Christ because God is that powerful to work today. Right? So he was doing that in the Old Testament. He was also speaking through right, his even angelic messengers or prophets as maybe the most you see in the Old Testament. Over and over and over again, 90 different prophets mentioned in the Old Testament, in the scriptures like Ezekiel, Isaiah, Daniel, Habakkuk, Malachi, and, and it goes on and on. And over and over again, they're able to speak not in their own authority, but given words by God to speak to the people of God, speaking literally on behalf of God. And because they're speaking God's word, we know that, I mean, they, we were, they were revealing things about God's character and who he was and how he worked in the past and even the plan he had for his people in the future. And the text you look at in Hebrews chapter 1, we looked at a little bit last week, reveals this idea and reveals the reality of this in Scripture, Right? It says in Hebrews 1.1, our first verse today, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. That God would speak to his people through the prophets, right? Whether it's in the past, he spoke through visions and angels and prophets and events and all of the rest. 
you could say that God not only spoke through his cosmic eloquence, but he also spoke through his prophetic eloquence, that God was speaking. He's always wanted to speak, right? The apostle Peter even shares this in 2 Peter 2, 21. In 2, 1, 21, he says, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. True prophecy is not produced by some guy had too much pizza the night before and said, man, I feel God said this to me. No, he says, true prophecy is from, not by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. How amazingly kind and generous of God to speak to us continually through not only cosmic eloquence, but prophetic eloquence through using individuals to speak to us. But it leaves us with a tension of asking, is there something better than hearing from God through prophets? And we all know the answer to that, yes. As even all that the prophets had laid out to us in the Old Testament, it was documented in what we have in the Word of God, but still even going further, further than that, it brings us into what we're studying in this season. This series is called Emmanuel, God with us. Not God just speaking to us, not just God speaking through a messenger, but God actually with us. And the incredible impact God is making by being with us. So all of the communication, cosmic eloquence, and prophetic eloquence, all of that bows to the incarnational eloquence of Jesus Christ. The incarnational eloquence of Jesus Christ. And that's what I really what I want you to see is that I, I want you to hear God's ultimate word today. God's ultimate word is the person of Jesus Christ. That's what all of Scripture is pointing to, leading to. In all of it, He wants you to hear by the person of Jesus Christ. Because our text, right? We said verse one long ago, and at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Then he goes on in verse two. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Remember, we read this last week. And then he says, he's the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purifications for sins, he sat down at, the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. And ultimately, I just want you to see or really hear God's ultimate word in Christ. And I just want to point out three things from our text today in hearing that and what you should see and envision in our text. And the first one comes just in that verse two, that second verse of our text. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by who? His son, Jesus, whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom also he created the world. The first thing I just want you to see is Jesus is God's creating word. Jesus is a number of things as the word of God. The first thing in which he is, he is the creating word of God. We talked a little bit about this last week in right... Um, God is continuing to speak today, right? 
but in this new way, this, this different way, this new revelation is superior to the old. It doesn't do away with it. He came to fulfill the law. It just builds upon it. And the same God who spoke to the, the, the fathers and old, the prophets to speak to his people, is now speaking to us directly through Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? Like you don't need and I don't need some person to speak to me on behalf of God. If you're a follower of Jesus here today, you, through Christ, can hear from the Lord. Isn't that awesome? That you and I, oftentimes we, we don't take advantage of it. Oftentimes we're not, we're, not, we're not diving into it. But the Lord speaks directly to us. How? By his son. And I share this with you because I think it's vitally important that he is the creating word, right? He's described here as Jesus is the heir of all things and the creator of the world. That's significant. Man, if they are the creator, you would think that we should maybe listen to this individual, right? John chapter 1 and verse 2, we looked at last week, says, All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made. Everything in the universe that you experience, see, hold on to, touch, everything has its natural purpose and destiny in the air of Jesus Christ. It's all summed up in Christ. As the Apostle Paul says in Colossians, all things were created by him and what? For him. So if you're here today or you're joining online, you weren't just created for some other purpose. You were created not only by Jesus, but ultimately for him. Like, you were created with, with, with the character built into you that you were created for God himself. He should know exactly how you operate, right? Jesus is greater than everything else, and everything else submits to him. He is the ultimate word of God. He is the creating word. I don't know how many men or women for that matter in this room are like do-it-yourself people anybody or is the first phone call you make to like the handyman I like to do as much as I can to get myself into trouble <laughs> anybody here like throw out the the directions as soon as you buy something like I can figure this out I ain't reading that thing I ain't got time for it and at the end you're left with like three screws and you're like where did these come from there's not even like places to put them I don't even know how this works right uh, recently, I've had, I, I've had to fix two different appliances, a refrigerator and our dishwasher. And the dishwasher, I just tried to fix it myself over and over again. And after about probably like two or three weeks of Sarah and me washing dishes, uh, mostly Sarah, washing dishes <laughs> over and over and over again, she's like, Jim, you're either fixing the dishwasher or we're buying a new one. Like stuff is just stacking up every single day. And I tried my best effort. I was like, I think it's this. It's like wiggling and looked up online. I bought the part and I fixed it and like still the same thing. And then I tried a different thing. I was like, no, that's not it. It was only until, isn't YouTube awesome? Yep. <laughs> It'll change your world. You can do anything. I swear you could build a car if you have YouTube. <laughs> so I go onto YouTube and find the manufacturer's like account and I find my exact dishwasher, and I watch this handy guy show me how to literally change the entire motherboard of my dishwasher. And he says, this is the problem you're having. 
And lo and behold, I go onto Amazon, I buy the part that the manufacturer tells me to buy and the problem I'm having, and it took me only about 15 minutes of, of plugging it in and unplugging this and make sure it's correct and watching follow like step-by-step procedure that they're giving me. I press the button and it fires up. And then I just look over and Sarah's just like, because I thought I could do it on my own. And the power of what I'm telling you is that the manufacturer made the dishwasher. It actually knows how it operates. It knows what it was made for. It knows where it slips up. It knows where it has problems. It knows how to fix it. And the brokenness in me is think that I can do it myself. That I am my own creator. I, man, I've made this dishwasher. I can do it myself. I'm smart enough. I'll fix it. And only until I'm brought to the place where I'm like, no, I cannot. I have to go back to the creator. And that's why I say, hear God's ultimate word, that Jesus is the creating word. Man, it's awesome to think like, okay, Jesus spoke, as we talked about last week, and everything was created, and we should worship God because Jesus is the creator of the world. That's awesome. But I think it's deeper than that. I think it's getting at what we're talking about here. That Jesus isn't just the creator of the world that became incarnate in Christ and ultimately gave his life on the cross. No. If he's the creator, he knows you. He knows how you work. He knows everything about you. He knows what you're created for. He knows your brokenness and how to fix it. And man, if he is the creator, don't you think we should probably listen to him? Not just worship him because he created it, but he created us. He's the sustainer and the creator and the heir of everything that is made through knowing him. We hear God speak purpose and meaning and receive direction and wisdom to navigate through life. You see, Jesus is the creating word. He is the only one who gets to tell us what we were made for, what purpose we have, and how we should function because he created us. And man, how dumb are we? And I'm speaking for myself. I'm not putting that on you. How dumb are we oftentimes to think that we can figure it on ourselves how to raise our children? Man, my kids don't need discipline. It's the new age, and I'll just keep encouraging them until ultimately my house is filled with chaos because I'm not following what God actually called me to in the word of God. Or, man, I just think I could figure out my own marriage. Even though God's the one who created it and instituted it and tells me exactly how I should live it out. But no, I got this, God. Don't worry about it. And we wonder why 50% of divorces or more are resulting in divorce. Or marriages, excuse me. I mean, you go listen on and on. We just talked about our finances and what God calls us to in generosity and moving forward the kingdom of God, which is our ultimate purpose. But we look back at God and we say, no, God, I earned this. This is mine. I know you created me and you know everything about me, but you know what? I can figure this out myself. Over and over and over again, whether it's our sexuality whether it's our politics, we look back at God and we say, I know you created me, you know what I should be doing and how I should function, but I've got this and I'm just here to tell you 
Jesus is the ultimate word. He's the creating word. He made you, and he is, he owns you, if I could say it like that. You are his heir. He's the only one who can tell you how you should and shouldn't live, not just because he's a demeaning God, but because he created you with a purpose. And you will strive through life running after everything else until you buy into the purpose that God has made you for. So now he's just not just the creating word, but he's actually the revealing word. Jesus is not just the creating word. He's the revealing word. Look what it says in verse 3. He is the radiance of the glory of God in the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. There's not a clearer description of God than Jesus. That's the whole point. There's no clearer description of God than looking at the person of Jesus. He is the brilliant illumination of God incarnate. He's not just some reflection of God. It says he's the radiance of the glory of God. Glory, the word there, doxa, is used in Scripture as the visual presence of God among his people or the people. That Jesus is the glory of God. He's the radiance of God. The presence of God revealed to people as he came in a baby in human flesh and walked the earth. Man, we can look at Jesus and see the exact glory and presence of God revealed to his people. You think about it. The glory of God in the Old Testament. The glory of God is appearing in the cloud that's guiding the people of God through um, out of Egypt. You think about, man, uh, the glory of God resting on Mount Sinai as he gave Moses the law. The glory of God filling the temple as it's dedicated with Solomon over and over again. He was saying is, is God's son, Jesus, is the physical presence of God among his people. He's the radiance of the glory of God. The exact imprint of his nature that meant Jesus is the revealing word of God. Like I said, it's not as though, uh, like my situation, I'm in Uganda, I can't communicate. Yes, we're getting parts of it. Sari's getting bits and pieces of it. You know what's fascinating, though, is what's amazing is when you fly home and you land at the airport and your, your family picks you up if you've ever been on a trip and maybe you've talked on the phone, but now you're pulling out your phone and you're showing them videos and then this is what I was talking about. I want to show you this. I want you to experience this. And then let me, let me just, let's just talk through this. You're so excited to reveal what you experienced. You see, this is the difference. It is Jesus is not just in part. He's the full revelation of who God is. We get to see Jesus fully here. As he says, he's the exact imprint, representation of God himself. I'll say it this way. If you're here and you're in your church, what God is, the Son is. They share the same imprint. What could be better than God himself coming down directly to humanity to speak to us? In part, before, occasionally, he would come down in the person of what we would call a the, like a theophany, like he would reveal himself as an angel of the Lord. He spoke through prophets. How, how amazing it is that he became human to come and speak directly to us. The ultimate word of God is Jesus, God himself in human flesh. Man, if you want to know God today, if you're joining us online, you want to know God, 
get to know Jesus. He, he is the revealed word of God. It's interesting when you look at this because if Jesus is the created, right? He, he created everything. He, he's the creating word of God. He gets to tell creation how they function because he created us. If he's the revealing word of God, he gets to reveal who God is. Not you, not your thoughts, not your imagination, not some influencer on TikTok or, or YouTube, not documentaries, not bloggers, not anything else, not traditions that you've experienced in the past in your spiritual journey, right? Not a pastor that told you something. The only person that gets to reveal who God is, is Jesus himself. He is the revealing word of God. Man, and, and the reason why I think this is vitally important is because there's a lot of people in the church today that are walking away from God because of some other revelation of God that is wrong. Or they're ascribing to God what people have, have, have done to them or revealed to them, in whether it's church hurt, because the church is filled with broken and hurtful people and broke people hurt people, right? And so they're like, man, that's, if, that's what, if that's what the church is like, that's what God's got to be like. But what I always tell people, I'm like, just read the New Testament, <laughs> Every epistle is correcting the church from not representing God well, not doing the things God's saying, right? The only person that gets to reveal who God is is Jesus. And we need to stop looking at people and pastors and churches and, and influencers or the rest to get uh, our understanding of who God is and his character and look to the person of Jesus. Only Jesus because he's the one who reveals it to me, right? I wonder if you've ever been like me where you've, maybe I was one of those people too, I don't know. I'm okay with it. Well, you might hear like, man, this person is so-and-so. If you've ever met a, a celebrity or a professional athlete or whatever, and what you see of them may be portrayed on the internet or on TV or some person that you don't know or you, some mom at school that you see every day and you think she's giving you dirty looks in the parking lot. And then you meet them in person, and you're like, they're not at all what I thought of them. They're, they're so much nicer. Or maybe they're like, that person's even more of a jerk than I thought. <laughs> the point is, is the person reveals the person, not what you think of them, your emotions about them, what you think they're revealing to you, or what someone else has told you about them or represented about them. The person does Amen. Jesus, as the revealed word of God, is the only person who gets to reveal who God is. Not all these other things that we often allow us to impact our view of God. I'll tell you this, and this is just me being very vulnerable with you. For the longest time in my life, up until maybe the last five years, I projected much of my experience with my father onto God. Good and bad. And my dad was a great dad. But I projected my experience as a father to a son 
with my experience as my heavenly father, rather than looking to scripture and seeing in the person of Jesus who God really is and allowing that to dictate my view of God, how I respond to God, how I interact with God, how I sit before God, how I walk with God, how I love God, how I seek to please God. All of those things were wrapped up in a brokenness in my own soul projected onto the Lord. So I just call you today, Jesus is the ultimate word of God and he's the revealed word of who God is. So today, look to Jesus. Look how he lived. Look how he loved. Look how he worked. Right? What do you say to doubting Thomas? I hate doubt. Thomas gets this bad rap of doubting. Like everyone doubts. We're like, we don't want to be like Thomas. That guy doubted Jesus. No, everyone in this room, and if you're joining online, is like Thomas. You've doubted. What I love is that Jesus doesn't be like, you moron, you doubt me? He says this amazing thing. If you had known me, you would have known the Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. You understand what Jesus is saying there? He didn't say like, hey, the heavens open, you saw God the Father. He said, you saw me, you knew me, you know the Father, you see the Father. Why? Because Jesus and the Father are one, and Jesus is the revelation of who God is. The entire New Testament is wrapped up in this. Jesus in the Gospels reveals himself, and we get that in the Word of God, and then the whole rest of the New Testament is the apostles and pastors interpreting the words and the works of Jesus into the New Testament church for us and for the church at that time. So for us today, man, God wants to know you personally. He wants to, you, you to experience him personally. And he came actually at Christmas, what we're celebrating in this season, to reveal himself to you, reveal God to you in language that we as humans would actually understand. What? His very presence. Not an obscure phone call from another place in the world, but his actual presence with us. And he invites you and me to believe and push in and walk with him. Well, not only is he the creating word, the revealed word, but he's also the saving word of God. The last verse in verse 3, he says, After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of, on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. So the writer of Hebrews turns from who Jesus is to actually what he has done now. And the writer of Hebrews knows the story of God throughout all of the scriptures, right? That sin has entered the equation in the garden. We're separated from God. We've been separated from God. We have only been able to see in part with God for so long through prophets and, 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 and God's random presence in the past and speaking. But now it's different, right? Why is it different? See, in the Old Testament, there was this sin problem, which we still have today. The difference is, man, sin kept people physically from the presence of God, from approaching God. But God still loved people. That He made this sacrificial system where an animal that had did not, done nothing wrong took the substitution and the place of the people and was sacrificed for the people so that the, the sin of the people would be taken care of, right? And it wasn't a one-time deal, man. People kept sinning. I don't know about you, but I didn't just sin two days ago. I sinned today probably. Maybe not yet quite today, but... Um, I'll get there, right? 
So it's, a pro- it's always happening. So there was always all these animals that just had to die for the sacrifice of the people. It was something that continually happened over and over and over again. Right? Because no one did right. And they were broken. And they're sinful. So what happens? The writer of Hebrews is saying in our text, making purification for our sins, he sat down. The sign of sitting down is a sign of completion. That what Jesus did... Is, is he made the one-time sacrifice as the Lamb of God for our sins, making purification for our sins. So he's not just the, the creating word. He's not just the revealed word. He is the, the, the word that makes us new again, right? He is the saving word for us to give us new life with Christ so that we might be reconciled back to God. I love that because you're... I don't know everyone who's sitting here. I don't know everyone who's watching online. But what Jesus comes to is, man, your purification and my purification and our right standing with God is not based on a do this requirement. It's based on a trust this, believe this requirement. It's not a do this and make God happy and all this different stuff. No, it's, it's believe that Christ is not just the revealed truth about God. He is the saving word of God. And he didn't just die. We'll get there on Easter. But he was risen from the dead victoriously so that he could prove that his identity was true and that he actually satisfied the wrath of God on our behalf as he rose victoriously from the grave, right? So, man, as you wrestle with this today, again, not only does Jesus get to tell us how to live because he created us, he doesn't just get to do that, he also gets to reveal who God is, no one else. And he also gets to tell us how we get back to God, no one else. Because he's the saving word. But he comes up against the word that you are maybe hearing all the time in the world, or if you come from a different faith background, again, I'm not trying to offend you, but that's, this isn't in the word of God. This is what we hear all the time. You have to make up for your wrongdoing. So we can do that in religious form by giving and paying or doing right to not do bad or whatever it might be, right? You're unworthy of love. I guarantee you there's people in this room that have heard that before. You are unworthy of the love of God. Right? Over and over again, we hear, control your own destiny. You got it in your hands. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. But that's not in the word of God. The better word, the ultimate word, the incarnate word of God himself says, trust what he has done for you on the cross. In this season, believe that he came after you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He's covered your sins. He he made purification for you as your substitute. And now he has sat down at the right hand of God. And his word to you is not do better. It's trust me. Trust this. Have faith in me. I revealed the word of God and I am also the saving word of God from God himself. So today I just ask you in all of this where are you with God? The crazy thing about communication is God has always wanted to communicate with us and you see a history of that throughout scripture but communication is only accomplished if it's received. You ever run there before? You could talk all the time to your kids if they're running around and playing or whatever. 
but it, it may not be received. And then you're like, hey, why didn't you clean your room? Well, I never heard you. What are you talking about? I was yelling. Well, it wasn't received. And the same thing is true with us. You can be to say the same thing between your husband and wife or friends or what I do every Sunday morning from this platform. I can tell you truth from the word of God. The difference is communication is only good as well as it's received. So I ask you this morning, do you receive this, that Jesus is the ultimate word? And in light of the fact that he's the ultimate word, he gets to tell you, him and him alone the way that you're called to live because he created you. He knows you better than you know yourself. Do you receive that? Or today, he, he is the revealed word of God. He gets to show you who God is, not anyone else, not me even. Only the word of God, Jesus himself and the word of God. He gets to reveal that. Do you receive that and the impact it makes on your life? And then thirdly, man, in all of it is Jesus, the ultimate word, do you receive the fact that he is the, the, the revelation of, of, of our faith and what we get to experience, that he is the saving word of God? So if you're here today and you've been coming to this church, I don't care, for six months or six years, and you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus and what he's done for you, that is your calling today because he created you. He knows you. And he gets to tell you who God is and what God has done and the fact that you're in great need of saving so will you receive the word that God has given you today? You see, when Jesus came 2,000 years ago in baby form in Bethlehem, what we celebrate at Christmas, it's so much more than just Jesus in a manger. Jesus came to reveal God to us so that we might be reconciled back to him. We might know him and believe in him and experience him and walk with him. My question, as I said already, is will you receive the communicated word of God through Jesus Christ today? Because his word remains faithful today and what it expresses to us today about who Jesus is. And it should change your life. If he's your creator, it should change how you live. If he is the revealer of God, it should change your life. If he is the saving work of God, it should change your life this season. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, myself personally, just with thankful hearts, a thankful heart that we can experience Jesus, that you gave us your son, that you thought it was so important to reveal yourself to us. Thank you, God, that we don't have to wonder what you are like. We don't have to guess what your character is like. We don't have to guess how we stand before you. We can ultimately look at Jesus and it is revealed perfectly. So we thank you, Lord, 
that you created us with a purpose. Everyone in this room, we have a purpose in life. And that purpose is not to have uh, live the American dream and have ultimate success and climb a corporate ladder or have the perfect home or be perfect for our children or give our kids what they never had. Our purpose, God, you know, is revealed in Jesus as our creator. Thank you, God, for revealing who you are in Christ. That if we have seen Jesus, we have seen you, God. May we continue to look to you, Jesus, and not look to anything else and experiencing who you are. And God, may we fully trust in the work that you have done for us on our behalf. God, as I look out at this crowd, if there's anyone here today, if there's anyone online that has never placed their faith and trust in you today, will you call them in such a way that they have no other option than to cry out to you today? You made a way for us, and it started in Bethlehem a couple thousand years ago, and it ended with a cross of you paying our penalty and making purification for our sins. But thanks be to God, you didn't stay there. You rose victoriously. And now you're, as scripture said today, you're seated at the right hand of God, making intercession for us. And even today, you're making intercession for us. And so we thank you for that. We thank you for the fact that your word remains faithful today and we can trust it as it reveals you, Jesus, and finds its ultimate end in you. It's in great name, Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you stand to your feet? Let's respond to the word of God, the incarnate word that's been revealed to us.